Lord. Yeah, Amen. give it a hand to the Lord. Come on. Amen. Woo! If you're happy to be here, greet your neighbor and say, you know, I'm really happy being here. I'm happy Are to you? be here. Are you happy to be here I'm today? Happy. Welcome. Happy to be here. Sure. Awesome. What's your name? Praise. Praise? Praise. That's my son. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, Welcome. That's great. Do, do we have someone new today, too, visiting the church for the first time? Anything, anyone else? No? No? Okay. Lori and Dale are back. So <laughs> that's good. Good to see you guys. So um, today is Palm Sunday. How many of us really love Christmas season? Show of hands. Okay. You know that the church, we have two main uh, festivities, let's say. One is Christmas, and we really love it because, you know, we have so many traditions about Christmas. But the other one is Easter. It's this week. Do you love Easter? Yes. I do, yes. You, really? Yes. Yeah, man. Exactly. It's the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, today, welcome to a Bible study because today we will go through the book of Mark Mark 11, verse 1 to 11. And we will go verse by verse. So open your Bible. Old-fashioned Bible school teaching today, okay? Mark 11, verse 1 to 11. We will go verse by verse explaining this passage, which is today's reading uh, on Palm Sunday. So, Lord, we honor your word. Lord, your word. It's the lamp to our feet. Lord, we thank you for this amazing time together with our family of faith. Thank you because today we can celebrate your name. Today we can celebrate the resurrection of of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you bless your word. That you open our ears and our hearts to to your word. Lord, your word defines us. Everything we are is inside this book. Everything... We have is inside this book. Everything we'll do have been already designed by you, God, through your word. And we thank you, and we thank you, Lord, for those who are today visiting you. Thank you, Lord, for the families here. And we thank you for this amazing time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, good morning. Are you ready? Yeah? ¿Está listo? Okay. When Jesus Christ... um, Walk towards Jerusalem. He did it in an amazing way. The Bible tells in the book of Mark, chapter 11, just like Pastor Roy read today at the beginning of the service, that the Lord approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage. Oh, this word is incredible. Bethphage? 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 Thank you. For those who don't know, I'm not Canadian. I'm Argentinian, so... This is like, I think, my fifth sermon in English, so <laughs> be patient with me. I, you know what? I will go Hebrew, Bet-Fahe. There you go. There you go, Bet-Fahe. So it says that as they approached Jerusalem, Mark 11.1, 1, and came to Bet-Fahe, or Bet-Fage, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt. Tie there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back there here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untie it, some people standing there ask, what are you doing untying that colt? 
They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the coal to Jesus and threw their cloaks, this is another one, cloaks, <laughs> cloaks, cloaks, thank you. And they throw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Can you follow that? Can you shout that today? Hosanna! Hosanna! There you go. Now let's go Spanish. Hosanna! Hosanna! <laughs> Hosanna! They shouted, Hosanna! And they said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Hmm? The story of Lent, as we read the Gospels, we can see how the, this story, we see the developing of this story of this great king and Messiah who has brought his kingdom to this world. Lent and Easter are all about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and his kingdom. When we read the gospel, we can see clearly the clash of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And how Jesus Christ won the final battle on the cross and on the empty tomb. And my friend, his victory is your victory. So this week you are celebrating the victory of the Lord. You know what? You are celebrating your victory. Amen? Turn your neighbor and say, you're celebrating your victory. Now turn to our neighbor and say, you're celebrating tu victoria. Amen. There you go. <laughs> you will end up speaking Spanish here. Uh, you will see. Um, his death on the cross is the greatest act of love that humanity has ever seen. There's no greater love. I will say it again. His death on the cross, just like we were today worshiping and praising the Lord before this just crosses. They symbolize something bigger. His death on the cross is the greatest act of love that humanity has ever seen. There's no love as the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. So these are good reasons to celebrate. Amen? amen. We are celebrating today. Amen? So let's go. Verse 1. It says... In the, in the very first verses of uh, Mark 11, we see Jesus commissioning two of his disciples. How many disciples of Jesus are here in the house today? Amen. Just a few. Okay, the rest, uh, it's pretty easy. Just come to Jesus, follow him, and that's it. Follow him every day. But I'm missing something, right? Take up your cross and follow him. Today, 37 beloved brothers of us in another country, in Egypt, they decided to, 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 to take their crosses and they died for Jesus today in the morning. I don't know if you heard that in the news in Egypt. They bombed a church in a bomb Sunday morning just like this. That's the thing. Are you willing to take this cross? It's dangerous, my friend. This is the call that we have. To take our crosses and follow him no matter what. So the Bible says that Jesus took two disciples. And he told them to go to the near village of Bethphage. Yeah. 
And we see Jesus commissioning these two disciples. And I believe that one of them, because of all the details that we see in the book of Mark, was Peter. How many of you believe that? Eh? Peter was, you know, <laughs> he was everywhere. You know, he was everywhere. So for me, it was Peter. And he, Peter, and another disciple went to the village. And we see the verse 1 that says that Jesus told them, Go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. And this is amazing. Jesus knew exactly what they will face once they entered the village. So here we go. Jesus knows exactly what you will have to face in the next season of your life. And that's why he wants to prepare you. He wants to take you. He's telling you, you are my disciple. I want you to follow me. And I will tell you what you will face. So you are prepared. So when you go to that village, to that new season of your life, he will be there and he will help you. And you will, you, you, you will have the instructions. We have the greatest book ever, the Bible. This book is about instructions for your life. Amen? So if you are lacking a job, this Bible tells us what to do. The Bible says that God will provide. He's our provider. That in, in, in Spanish it said, He visto justo desamparado ni su simiente que mendigue pan. Try to translate that in English. <laughs> it says, I haven't seen any just that uh, without food for, for his children. In other words, I don't, I don't remember the exact word, wording in English, right? The exact words. But it's like that. The Bible promises everything for you. Life. Health. Family. Future. Work. Profession. Career. Ministry. And an eternal life. So it's the greatest book ever. That's why today we honor your world, Lord. And then it says, Jesus told them, go enter the city and you will find a cold tie there. This shows us the foresight of the Lord. This is amazing. So my friend, do you need direction for your life? Do you need direction for your life? Come on. Who you have to ask for directions for your life? Jesus. Ask Jesus Christ. He knows what is best for you. Not your pal, not your buddy. Jesus knows what's best for you. It, it, it was rare on eastern lands that an animal was tied outside, but Jesus knew, knew, it, it, knew it was there. The colt, look at this, was a weak animal. An animal that was in the service of its master. And this was the stallion chosen by King Jesus to show himself to the people of Jerusalem. This is amazing. This humble king. The humble king that we have. And uh, the Bible tells us, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, 28, he says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God, can I share with you a brief testimony? Yeah? Till the age of 12, uh, I used to stutter in public. All the time. And even at home. I don't know how you said tartamudo in English. Stutter, right? It was hard for me to face people, to try to speak to people in public. I remember in school, I used to fail all the courses that were related to speaking in public. Couldn't do it. And then one day, comes, I go to church, and the Lord starts speaking to my heart. And he was, started preparing me for ministry. And I said, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't speak. And, and, and the Lord said, no, I will use it. 
I will use you. And I will use this weakness of yours to glorify my name. And then here I am, speaking in public and not in my language. <laughs> so, <laughs> the glory to God, eh? <laughs> the glory to God who can do everything. So, we see here that the, the Apostle Paul knew perfectly this. And he said, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. And my friend, God has chosen you and me. Jesus has chosen us for his service. So you may look at your life and say, I'm not good enough, I'm weak, I make many mistakes. But let me tell you that even with all your false weaknesses and mistakes, the Lord has chosen you to serve, to serve Him. Amen? Then it says, Jesus says that this cult, which uh, it, it's, a, it's a unique cult. It says, which no one has ever written. Okay? And in other words, an instrument that have been set apart and prepared for Jesus. Now touch your neighbor and say, you have been set apart and prepared for Jesus. You have been set apart and prepared for Jesus. For something bigger. For something bigger. For a higher calling. Amen. Amen? So it says, now if, if you notice the, the, the words here, and if you grasp this, notice that in the gospel, Jesus was born from a virgin womb. He revealed his messianic identity to Jerusalem riding on a virgin colt. And finally was buried in a virgin tomb. He has set apart things for him. And the Lord is setting you apart. It's setting you apart this morning. For something bigger. For something bigger. He's calling you to, to take you out from your zone of comfort. Of, compl of complacency. He has set you apart. He has called you. You're his disciples. And he's, say, he's saying the same words. Follow me. Come on. Follow me. I will take you to greater things. I will show you greater things. Things that haven't raised inside the, the, the heart of, of, of human beings. Those are the things that I have prepared for you and your family. Just follow me and follow my instructions. The word today is instruction. So... What kind of instruments are you, or what kind of instrument are you to God? If we, if we take a look at Paul, who knew perfectly well that he was an instrument for, for God, we see that in his very first encounter with Jesus, the very first thing that he said to Jesus was now, Jesus, give me a new horse, please. Okay? A 2017 extra power stallion. <laughs> yeah, a Mustang. No. What did the Apostle Paul ask Jesus in his, in his first encounter with him? He said, God, Jesus, Lord. Even Lord, the word he uses, Lord, which means I surrender my life to you. You are my master. You own my life. Everything that, I'm, that I have is yours. He said, Lord, what can I do for you? How do you want me to serve? Are you willing to ask the same to, to the Lord this morning? What can I do for you, Lord? It's enough about me. Let's start speaking about you. About Jesus. So, it says, the Lord said to the disciples, when you find this colt, untie it and bring it here. 
And this is the work of the church. Because we're talking about an instrument. Forget that we're talking about an animal, a cult. Okay? We're, we, we're talking about instruments. And in this, in this very same sense, we are all cults. Okay? We're all donkeys. <laughs> Before Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Nobody turning around. Nobody trying to find <laughs> the donkey facing the brother. Okay? We are all donkeys before Jesus. Because Jesus was, wants us to take him to the city. The Lord, the King of Kings, wants you to take him to the city. Wants you to take him to your family, to your workplace, to the schools. So it says, Antia, bring it here. And this is the work that we do as the church. To set people free from everything that binds them and prevents them from reaching their full potential and accomplish their purpose in Christ. That's why we are here. Right now, you are being set free from many thoughts that have, that have kept you captive. Even if, if you are like, I don't feel anything. Well, it's not about feeling. It's about believing. It is happening inside of you. It's conviction. The Lord is setting you free. So He may use you. There are people whom the Lord wants to use, but who are still bound by anxiety, by the pleasures of, of this world, by pride and other spiritual locks that prevent them from being instruments of God. But today, my friend, not anymore for you. You are free to serve. You are free to serve this mighty God. The Holy Spirit wants to untie you from everything that holds you back. Now, if we move to verse 3, it says, If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, says the Lord to them. Okay, we're going verse by verse. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Have people asked you that uh, ever? Like, that's very, very same question. Why are you going to church every Sunday? You can be a Christian and just go to church once a year. You know, it's not trying to sh- show enough. Why do you go to prayer meetings? You know, preach it, preach why? Why? Why are you keep talking about this Jesus and keep inviting me to come to church? Why? So the people don't, don't understand. And Jesus said that there will be people, you will, be, you will face people. If you follow my instructions, you will face people that will not understand what you're doing. They will not understand. So many people will not agree with your calling to serve the king. You may have to face opposition even in your own family. Jesus spoke about this, that in the last times, in the end times, even the, the parents will race against the children, the children against the parents. Problems inside the family, battles inside the family. Many will try to get in your way or hold you back, but the Lord needs you, my brother. He needs you. Would you say yes? That's the only thing he needs. A yes. Because he will... Give you the power and authority and instructions and everything you need to accomplish the purpose that he has for you and your family. He will do it. Now, the Lord said, if you face this kind of opposition, say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. Now, this is interesting how Jesus speaks of himself as Lord. He didn't do it that many times in the Gospels. When, when he spoke about himself, often he used to call him his, the son of man. But here he's clear. He said, I'm your Lord. So there's a point where Jesus had to step in into your life and say, wait a minute, I'm your Lord. I'm your Lord. You don't own your life. I'm your Lord. 
I will tell you what to do. I will tell you where to go. I will tell you what to decide. I'm your Lord. So Jesus is the Lord. It's not just a church phrase. This means that he is the owner of all things. He's the owner of everything. All you have is Jesus. All you are is Jesus. All you can do is for Jesus. Everything is about him. In Romans 11.36, the Apostle Paul says, For for him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Porque por él, para él y para él son todas las cosas. A él la gloria. Por siempre. Sí, or say here. You, you can say amen to that too, okay? I'm not preaching another gospel. It's just Spanish. <laughs> God needs you. Now, now listen to this. God needs you to carry out his work. Are you willing to do it? And you need God. This is the, you know, this is the, the perfect association with him. And you need God to perfect his work in you. So I will say it again. God needs you to carry out his work. And you need God to perfect his work in you. You know, there was a couple of Christians back in the 1700s. And they wrote a, a Christian confession. And they asked themselves this question. What is, the, what is the chief end of men? So what is the purpose, the main purpose of men? And they came to the conclusion through, through the scriptures that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Now, this was written in the 1700s. It's called the Confession of Westminster. 1700. How far we are right now from that. Is God your maximum delight in life? Is He your pleasure? Are you even having pleasure and joy coming to the house of the Lord? It's just another Sunday. I will be singing here the same songs. I don't like the songs. I don't like the worship. I don't like the sound. I don't like the pastor. I don't like the, this new guy who speaks Spanish. I don't, like, I don't like the greeters. Oh, man. Instead of greeters, they are bitters. <laughs> I don't like this and that. Oh, man. You have lost track. <laughs> what kind of Christian life you li- you live in? This is about worship. This is about adoration. This is about enjoying what we do. Enjoying the Lord. Enjoying praising Him. So my brother, more important than what do I need from Christ? How many of you have asked that? Eh, I have. Lord, I need this. I need that. I need this. You know? So what do I need from Christ? More important than that question is the question, what does Christ need from me? What Christ needs need from me. Let's continue. Verse 4 to 7. You still have your, your Bible open in Mark 11? Yeah? They went and found a colt outside in the street tied at the doorway. As they untie it, some people standing there ask, what are you doing untying that colt? See? The same, very, the very same thing that Jesus told them will happen, happen. The Lord knows. They answer as Jesus has told them to, and the people let them go. When they, bought, when they brought the coal to Jesus and threw their clocks over it, he sat on it. Notice that everything happened just as Jesus had anticipated. In verse 5, verse 5 says that some people standing there asked to the disciples, What are you doing untying that colt? And then Mark tells us that the disciples answered to them as Jesus had told them to, and then the people let them go. 
And many of us are struggling with opposition. And you know why we keep struggling with opposition? Because we are telling to the opposition our, our words, what we believe, instead of telling, instead of speaking to the, to the opposition, what the Lord says, what the Bible says, what Scripture says, the instructions that He has given me. When you obey Jesus, my friend, expect to face opposition. And people will not like you. Yeah, especially the moderns in law. God bless them. <laughs> the people will not like it, everything you say, everything you do. But you have to stick close to Jesus. You have to speak what Jesus told you to speak. You have to live like Jesus told you to live. Amen? And that's the high cause of discipleship. We believe in a world that the Bible describes as evil. And, this, and that is under the evil one. Look what happened today in the morning. Look what happened this week in, in Europe. This is the world we live. You need God and Jesus more than ever. There's a spiritual battle out there. And you need to be ready every day. That is why we must know that every time we obey Jesus, every time we serve Him and speak His word, we will find spiritual opposition. And this is a hostile world that desperately needs the gospel. So how do we face a spiritual opposition is my question. How do you face spiritual warfare? How do you face opposition? When someone raises against you and starts speaking bad, bad things about you or evil about you or behind your backs, how do you face that? Well, Jesus knows. He said, when you face opposition, my disciples, when the people will not let that cult go, you will have to speak to them my word. You will have to tell them the master, the Lord, wants that cult. Wants to use it. So how we face opposition through the word? You just repeat the word of Christ. You declare, you proclaim the word of Christ. Proclaim and declare his word. Do not stop. Continue your ministry. Continue your service. Continue to serve Christ. Also, just like the disciples, listen to this. Do, do what Jesus told you to do. Nothing more and nothing less. Do what Jesus told you to do. Say what Jesus told you to say. Nothing more and nothing less. Amen? If you're having opposition in your family or marriage, what, what, what would you do? Speak what Jesus tells you to speak. And do what Jesus tells you to do. But Jesus wants me to hug my, 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 my wife and ask for forgiveness. Then you do it or you suffer the consequences. <laughs> okay? There's no other way. Do what Jesus tells you to do and say. Now notice also that at the orders and commissions of Jesus, the disciples. Number one, verse four says that they went. So this means immediate obedience. My friend, late obedience, like, Lord, I, was, I would do that, but later, I'm not ready, is disobedience. Come on, stop with the excuse, I'm not ready. Oh, what a life from hell. I'm not ready, pastor. I'm not ready to be baptized. That's a life from hell. What is holding you? We have, by the way, we have baptisms next Sunday. I don't know how many, so... <laughs> okay what are you waiting for what if the Lord comes today what if your life ends today and you didn't do anything with it you just live to post new Facebook status you know check your Instagram account go to the mall every Saturday 
drink coffee every day. <laughs> All things are good. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. I'd do it. But what did you do with your calling? What did you do with your gifts and ministry? What happened with your talents? You were supposed to be a blessing for others. What happened? So stop lying yourself. This is the time. This is, the Bible says that they went in immediate obedience. Number two, verse four also said that they untied the colt, which is perfect obedience. So they did what Jesus told them to do. And number three, they brought the colt to Jesus. That, this is complete obedience. It is like this. Uh, I need a volunteer. Who can come? Peyton? Oh, over there, Hudson. Brady, sorry. It's, it's the, the, the taller version of Hudson. Okay? <laughs> Go there. He's really tall. Anyways, look at me. I'm calling him to come here. So I will say, Brady, come here. Stop there. And he started coming, right? So he was obedient, right? Okay. That obedience is perfect? Not yet, because he's still not here. He's willing. He started moving. But in, let's say that in the middle of his uh, way here, he lost one shoe. There you go, like that. <laughs> and then he, he, he goes with another step. Come on, another step. That step there. Something happened and he lost the other shoe. <laughs> okay, yeah. But then something worse happened. It comes the opposition. So, um, Brady friend, come. What's your name, man? Caden, okay, you are the, the, the opposition, the, the highest level of opposition for Brady. Okay, so you come and you have to push him back, man. Don't let Brady come here, come on. Don't let Brady come here. And Brady, what, what you would do, Brady? What you would do, Brady? What you would do? He came anyways, okay? That's good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You can take your shoes. Because it works like this. When Jesus calls you, you start. First step. When he, when, when he calls you to serve, when he calls you to follow him, you start. You do the first step. But then you will, you will face your own version of... Oh, what was his name? Caden. Caden. You will face your own Caden. You have your own Caden in your life. Oh, yeah. Opposition. You know? And you will, maybe you will lose some things in the way. But the thing, the key is to start and keep going you start the work you hold the work and you finish the work that's why the apostle paul was so concerned about this in his last days of life i just want to finish this race i want to finish this work so verse 7 and 8 when they brought the call to jesus and threw their clocks over it sounds like clock i don't know why <laughs> cloaks he sat on it Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the field. So, it says they brought the call to Jesus. What are you bringing to Jesus today? Yeah? They were obedient, and they brought everything. They, they brought what Jesus asked them to do. When Jesus speaks to you in a service, in your house, and he asks you for something, are you obedient? You bring that very same thing that he's asking, asking you for? Then it says, and they threw their uh, cloaks over it, over the colt. And, and I have a, 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 a cloak here, a Jewish cloak. 
It's this thing. It's very big. This is called in Hebrew, Talit Gadol. It's a prayer. Um, shawl, cloak. This is what they used to do. Oh, got stuck away. I need help. <laughs> or, you, or you can have my jacket. Anyways, why Kevin do this? This is what they used to use back then. The Jews used to use a cloak like this that they wore on their robes. Come on, Kevin, show us. They. <laughs> no. Uh, like this. Okay, there you go. Uh, they wore on their robes. They used it to protect themselves from the heat, the rain, and even serve them as a sleeping bag at night. Look at this. Now, this cloak, it, it, this was really expensive. That's what, why Jesus said when, when your neighbor or someone asks you for um, the what? What was that? The word in English. The shawl, you give the that thing. Okay? <laughs> it was really expensive. And um, the, the Hebrew word for this is talit. And this cloak is therefore directly related, not only to help them, you know, to feel... Uh, uh, warm and to help them, you know, to to sleep better at night in the cold nights of Israel. But also, it was the prayer, the prayer shawl, the, the prayer cloak. This cloak had fringes at its corners, just like you see here. Yes. Not like that, man. That's oh, no. no, that's quite insulting. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it had fringes, okay? Fringes like this. And the Bible even says that Jesus had one of this. Remember the story of Matthew 9 when Jesus healed the woman that with, the, with the flow of blood? Okay, it says that she touched the fringes of his garments. And many theologians believe that it was one of this, that they are called tzitzits. Okay, this reminds Israel the 618 commandments that they have to, to, to live every day. How many of you are happy that we, we don't have to keep count like that? 618. We have a relationship with God now. So we obey out of love and obey on and relationship. But this is the kind of garment, the cloak that they threw on top of the colt. So Jesus can sit on it. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you how big it was and what how expensive for them was. And the Bible, the Bible says that he Jesus sat on it. Now listen to this, pay attention. In your life, in my life. On which chair is Jesus sitting? Are you giving him a place? Now look at this. The cult that the disciples brought represents service. We just speak about it. It's the animal that used to serve its master. Service. Represents service. And the the cloak represents prayer and worship. It was used by the Jew to pray. They couldn't pray without it. So this is the chair of throne that Jesus is looking in your life. He wants to sit in the chair of your service and in the chair of your worship. Service and worship. The Bible says that while others spread branches they had cut in the fields and while, while others spread their cloaks on the road. When, when they spread the cloaks on the road, this was the sign that the Jew had to uh, symbolize their submission to a king. Even though we know that this Submission was only for a few days, not even for a few hours. The same people that were shouting, Hosanna, five days later will be shouting, crucify him. But we see that they even spread branches in the fields. And the branches, the the, the palm branches symbolized victory over the enemy. It was a national symbol for Israel until today. 
And even if you look at the Bible, let's go, let's go to Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says, Revelation 7, 9. says that you and me, we will also take palm branches in our, hand, in, 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 in our hands in heaven, in the heavenly Jerusalem, and we will worship the Lord. We will be part of a bigger, wider, and greater crowd of people of every nation and tribe and, and language. It says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Now the palm branches represent the victory over the enemy. So today is the day that you raise up those old palm branches that you have just laid at your side, and you take them and you raise them up because yours is the victory. Victory is yours through Jesus Christ. You have to raise those palm trees. Those palm branches. For your family. For your marriage. In your life. In your ministry. Raise them up. And lay them before Jesus. When you lay them before Jesus. You're saying, Jesus. All the victories of my life. Are based in your victory on the cross. The Bible even says. In verse 9 to 11. Our final verses. In this morning, it says, Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It says, Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted. Why they were so excited? Okay, a couple of days ago, my friend Lazarus came back to life. That's why everybody was so excited. Come on, this guy, this man, he's special. He just resurrected a man from Bethany. His name is Lazarus. You can read about it in the book of John. The crowd was amazed at this great Jesus. And they truly believed that they would bring freedom from the Roman oppression. That's why they were excited. They were waiting on him to come in this stallion to, to tell them, Okay, pick up your, your guns. Pick up your, your swords. Let's go. Let's take the Roman Empire down. But this was not the kind of war that Jesus came to battle. He came to When a bigger, a bigger kind of war. The war for our souls. So the people came to Jesus because of Lazarus and, and his testimony. What kind of testimony do you have to offer to the world? And how many people have come to see Jesus because of your testimony? You are a Lazarus for many others. Who will look at you and who will see a person who was dead but now is alive. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you were dead my friend. But now you are alive. Yeah, you have to share this with, with others. You have to share it with others. They, they, they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The word Hosanna there means save now or save us please. It is not only an expression of praise, but a cry of salvation. It was a reserved expression for the Davidic Messiah and a song that the pilgrims to Jerusalem used to receive their brothers when they arrived in the city of David. And the lost world today is still singing. You know that the world sings? You know that the, the lost ones are singing inside of the hearts? They are singing a war. They, 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 they are singing a song that has just these words, save us. Just like this crowd, Hosanna means save us. Save us now. The lost world is still singing this song. We will take Jesus to them. And the, the expression they use, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is the recognition of the people that Jesus has been sent by God. He's the anointed Messiah, although, as the gospel shows us, this recognition was momentary and not sincere. 
And then they say, blessed is the coming kingdom of, of our father David, Hosanna in the highest heaven. They were recognizing that it will be Jesus that will establish the kingdom. And we must remember that this day used to mark the beginning of the Jewish Passover, the annual feast by which Israel remembered the liberation of Egypt. They believed, they truly believed, that Jesus was bringing freedom from the Roman oppression. But Jesus was thinking on us, not only Israel. He was coming to set us free from uh, a terrible oppression, the spiritual oppression. He was coming to set us free from the devil, from the enemy, from death, from sin. To bring us to his kingdom, eternal kingdom, the kingdom of God. Now, just like Israel, you and me, the church, we also have our own exodus. The cross and the resurrection of the Lord is our exodus. That's why the Apostle Paul speaks about, about Easter. and He said, Easter is our Passover. And if, if we don't celebrate the resurrection of the Lord, and, and if we don't leave it, and if we don't believe it, if we are not convinced by it, then our faith is vain. Today, Megan was sharing with me an, an article from the BBC that says that in England, the majority of the Christians are not believing in the resurrection of the Lord. Thank you. Okay, large amounts. That is still, that's crazy. We're speaking about Christians. You're a Christian and you don't believe that Jesus is, is alive? You know? That, this is going on in the world right now. The world is lost and the church is confused. The world is lost and the church is comfort. And the Lord is speaking to us and saying, You are my disciple, you are my instrument, and you want, I want to use you. You have to take me to the city. You have to take me to the lost ones. Because I have a heart for them. It's not about you. It's about me and them. Enough about you. Speak about me. And then it says that Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. Luke Gospel reveals that at this moment, from the top of the Mount of Olives and riding on a donkey, Jesus wept compassionately on Jerusalem. Luke 19. He wept, knowing that Jesus is still crying. Do you believe that Jesus is still crying? I do. I believe he's still crying in heaven for the lost world. He's still crying. And knowing that he's crying, how much do I care about them? How much do I care about the lost? This was their last chance, the, the, the last chance for Israel, and they wasted. Israel's eyes were still blinded. They did not know the day of its visitation. And today, my friend, Jesus is visiting you. Can you recognize it? What if today is the last day, just like Israel? What would you do with Jesus? The Bible says that Jesus went into the temple court. He didn't go to the palace. He went to the temple. Jesus' entry into the city had no political or military ends as the people expected, but a profound spiritual meaning. And the Bible says that he looked around everything. Mark 11. Jesus looked at whether the temple was fulfilling its purpose of guiding people to the true worship of God. And Jesus today is looking at this church. And he's looking at us. He's looking at me. He's looking at you. And he's asking himself, is he fulfilling the purpose of guide, of guide people to me? Of guide people to the cross? Of guide people to true worship? That's our purpose. In, in, the, in, in the history of Christianity, there was a phrase that the ancient Christian used to use. It was Coram Deo, Latin. And this phrase means to live in the presence of God. 
to live in the presence of God. How many of you can say with me, Coram Deo? Coram Deo. Not Coran, okay? Coram Deo. <laughs> Coram Deo. It's Latin. It means to live in the presence of God. To live Coram Deo is to live all my life in the presence of God, under the authority of God and for the glory of God. And we are, my friend, God's temple. We are supposed to live Coram Deo. Our lives is for His glory. For to worship Him. Knowing this and pondering on this Bible verse, how is, what is the Lord seeing in us today? That's my question. Final verse, it says, But since it was already late, He went, like now in the morning, probably for, for many of, of, of us, really late, 12 or 5, just two minutes, please, and we finish. Okay? Try to. But since it was already late, He went out to Bethany with the 12. And this is amazing. Jesus knew that something was coming. You know that, right? He knew it. The cross was, was coming. The final opposition. The final test. The final hard times are, were still ahead of him. And he knew that that was coming. So what he decided to do, he said, I will go and have rest. I will go to the house of my friends. Martha, Lazarus, and Mary. And I will rest and seek the Father. And we see, during this week, I invite you, in your, in your bulletin, you have a table there with all the Bible verses for each day. And what happened every day during the Passion Week? Read it. You will see Jesus living in a state of continual uh, prayer. He needed the Father. You also need the Father. And the Bible says that he went to Bethany. You know what Bethany means? The house of the poor. He went to live and spend his last days with the poor. This is amazing. Amazing Jesus. Amazing Jesus. To stay there. Are you taking Jesus today? Are you going to bring him with you? He's calling you. He wants you. He went to, with the twelve, to Bethany. We all need our own Bethany, our place of prayer, but we also need to, to bring Jesus to the city. So as a, as a conclusion or final thoughts in this morning, I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, come. You're the only one that can convince our hearts, can convince our spirits. You're calling us. Just like we sing today, you're calling us to the cross, to a life of discipleship. Maybe today you need direction for your life, just like you heard in this sermon. The Lord is here to tell you what to do. Exactly what you need to do, what you need to say, so you will not miss the mark. If you follow His instructions, He will help you in the midst of this crisis that you're going through. He will help you, and He will guide you. He will take your hand. He will tell you exactly what to do. He will give you instructions. Just talk to him. Ask him. Lord, here I am. I need to follow you. My prayer this morning is for the Lord also to convince you that he's calling you to serve him. And how would you respond to this call? And also, and if there's anything that is stopping you today, Jesus is here to deliver you so that you may freely serve him and enjoy life in him. 
He's also calling you to surrender everything to him. Do not keep anything to you. And if you're going through a time of great opposition and tribulation, the Lord wants you to know that you have the victory in your lips. Only proclaim his name, almighty name of Jesus, and declare his word. Cry, Hosanna, and he will come to your rescue. He's calling us, church, to a life of obedience, prayer, worship, service. Are we living this kind of life? Are we living Coramdeo in the presence of Jesus for him? Through him, do not forget that the cold represents our life of service and the clock represents our prayers and worship. This is the chair on which Jesus was to sit. And finally, lift up your palm branches, my brother, my sister, and celebrate his victory. Come on. It's the time that you realize that you are more than victorious in Christ Jesus. Pick up your palm branches and celebrate. Let's, let's us go to his rest. And let's dedicate our lives to his service. And let's take Jesus to our community. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We come before you seeking your face and, and will for our lives. We recognize that today is the day of our visitation. Please help us to not miss the opportunity to dedicate our lives to you one more time. Forgive our selfishness and, and, and apathy toward you and your service. We want to live for you. We want to take your gospel and bring it to this community so they could believe as we believe. Bring your glory to this house. Bring your glory to our family. Let us shine your light. Open our hearts to feel compassion and love for the lost. Open our mouths to proclaim boldly the good news of the gospel. We need your guidance and direction. We need your love and power. We thank you for coming to this earth to save us. For walking toward the cross to die in that place for us. We thank you. We are your instruments. We are your servants. And we want to lift up your name in this community. We face any spiritual opposition in the name of Jesus. Now stand up and face any spiritual opposition in your family, marriage, with your children. In the name of Jesus. And declare your victory over the darkness. We worship you today, Lord. We recognize your kingdom here. And as your church, we make the decision to advance in faith and grow Caring with us the gospel. Church, you will grow. Church, you will advance in faith. You will bring Jesus to the workplace, to the school, to the colleges, to your neighborhoods, to the community. You will lift up his name. Your life will be a standard, a banner of the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. And thank you. We celebrate your victory on the cross. In the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you. For this spiritual impartition of your word. I pray that your word, Lord, will break the strongholds in the minds of this congregation. Now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All the strongholds come down now in the name of Jesus. And we will live by your word. We will follow your word. And we will be your instruments. To be a blessing to many others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Roger. I wonder if the worship team would come. I think there's a song we didn't sing yet on the list or some song. We need to sing a song. Don't this obedience. The Bible says that when uh, we come to faith in Christ, it says, repent and be baptized. How many here have been baptized in water? And when I say baptized in water... Your whole being has gone total immersion. Okay, you've been baptized in water? How many? 
most of us. If you haven't been, I want to talk to you afterwards. Next Sunday is your day. And we're going to have a water baptismal service. And you need to be obedient to the word. And so baptism doesn't save you. We know that. We've already been blood-washed people. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus, right? But there's a step of obedience that declares, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. The old life is gone under the water. The new life has come up. And so we celebrate that. And if you haven't experienced that, uh, why don't you uh, sign up for next Sunday? And then invite some friends and family to come. You'd be surprised how many would come to see your step of faith and obedience to God. Pastor Roger has preached an amazing message this morning. And uh, on the front of your bulletin, there's a verse that I have on my computer. And I've had it there for a long time now. And I've been reading it every time I look at my computer. There it is right beside the, the pad. And uh, it's there for you on the front of your bulletin. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I've been praying that, declaring that, and praying that, until finally God said, okay, I heard you. So what are you going to do about it? So this morning, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do about it. You're the answer to that prayer. You are the answer to that prayer. We're the workers. The harvest field is ready. And we're the workers. So we, ha- we have uh, prepared um, some little brochures for you. On one side, we'll attract all the kids and the families about the egg hunt. On the back side, talks about our Good Friday service, the egg hunt, the Easter service, some of the things we do in the community, VBS. And uh, so on Tuesday night, normally we come here, we're still going to come here, but we have our life groups on Tuesday night. This Tuesday... We're going to meet here, 7 o'clock. We're going to have prayer together, and then we're going out. We're going to go to the Walmart parking lot mall there. We're going to go to co-op. We're going to go to Crowfoot. Some of you are going to prayer walk in the neighborhood, and we're going to hand these out to anybody and everybody we see. We're going to invite them to church next Sunday. Do you know that one in four people on the first invitation will attend church because someone invited them? Our church can double if every one of us bring one next Sunday. There are going to be twice as many here. And usually when one comes, they don't come alone. So it can be more than double. But really, the Lord is calling us, can we say it really bluntly, to get off of our blessed assurance and get out there and share our faith with somebody. And It's so easy. You've got children? Oh, guess what? we got something your kids will love. And by the way, on the weekend, we've got services at the church on Easter. There's a lot of people that go twice a year to church. Let's grab those ones for Jesus Christ. Let's believe that every one of these invitations will be a seed that's planted in the harvest that goes. We've made it so it doesn't look churchy. Okay, there's no church on there. There's no Bible. There's no cross. There's no tomb. There's not, none of that. It's just really to appeal to families. Jesus said, don't neglect the children. Forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of children out there. Some of them are 40, 50, 60 years old. But they don't know Jesus Christ. We have the answer. So I've got some ushers there. Come on up here, fellas. We're going to do it at the back, but we're not going to do it at the back. We're going to do this up front. And the worship team's going to sing. We printed a thousand of these. Some of them we're going to give out on 
on, I just want you to stand across the front. One over there, one here, one over there. And while the worship team is singing, you're going to take a step of faith and you're going to say, I'm as nervous as a cat in a tin roof. I'm scared stiff, maybe. But I'm stepping out and believing God. Just as God helped Pastor Roger, who used to stutter, God's going to help me to be bold enough and to care enough for somebody who may be going to a lost eternity. Invite them to church. I've been praying for laborers, and the Lord says to me, the answer is sitting in front of you every Sunday. So let's not just be a hearer of the word, let's be a doer, because faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So we're going to stand, and the worship team to lead us in a song, whatever song they've chosen. And while they're singing, I want you to come and take at least two of these uh, invitations. And on Tuesday night, we're going to give out some more, and I challenge you, come out on Tuesday, it's going to be a night of victory. I'm telling you, it's going to be a night of victory as youth, the men, and the women, everybody who's able to walk out and hand one of these, those that aren't, you're welcome to stay here in the church and pray or just kind of walk in the community and do a prayer walk. But I believe in God that this Resurrection Sunday, we're going to see many lives resurrected to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. And not only that, but many seeds are going to be planted in upcoming weeks. We're going to see many come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And you'd be surprised how God might use an Easter egg of all things. For Pete's sake, how can God use a chocolate egg? Everybody likes chocolate. Especially dentists. You know, and so um, we're pulling out all the stops next weekend. We need you to help us to volunteer. If you can be available, we need you. 8 o'clock Saturday morning, we need you at the hill there by the two schools in Royal Oak. And we're going to get ready, and we need people there who are going to hand out invitations. We're going to have some VBS information there. We're going to have our church banner there. And I want as many there as possible to help us spread the egg, but also talk to people. In fact, even some of you may be so bold to say, is there anything that we as a church can pray for you about? On our advertising in the paper, we're always putting there on the bottom now, if you need prayer, we'll pray for you. Let's pray for people. Let's pray with people. And friends, understand, you can pray with your eyes open. It's okay. When you're talking to people on the hill, if it makes them feel more comfortable. And so we're going to have a great weekend. So as they sing, and you've been challenged today by Pastor Rogers' message, will you come and take at least two invitations and say, by God's help and grace, I'm going to give a couple of these out. Maybe you want more. And you'll be here on Tuesday. If you haven't been baptized, talk to me afterwards. Okay, as we sing, you come. And then you can take your seat again. We'll do
face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you, anoint you, and give you boldness. Holy.